views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not reflect the views or endorsement of any entity. Nothing being said on this podcast should be considered as investment advice. GM, GM, happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to 100 Proof Live. This is the show, a show. It's not the show, it's a show about- Amongst other shows. There are other shows yeah. uh, about digital art, NFTs, and community. Is, is, uh, did you write that in there, Amanda? I did not. She did. She did. The community's very it important. It has a trademark after it, which means you know that Amanda wrote it. Yeah, yeah. so uh, if you can't tell, it's a little bit different than we normally do uh, in terms of shows. Uh, Derek is dead to us now. Yes. Uh, oh. No, we love Derek. He's, I would like to be called Derek. Yes, you, you yeah. can be called Derek. Please. Um, we have, Derek, actually, I talked to him yesterday. He is traveling. He's in New York. He was out there doing a talk. I was supposed to be out there with him doing the talk, but I bailed because we just got back from Tokyo. We did. Um, we'll talk about that, but today, Justin Proof, co-founder with me on stage, we've got Amanda Proof's culture and community, uh, vice president and CEO of community. She likes these titles. I'm changing the title every single time. And we've got Tony Herrera, who is a collector and advisor. Tony, good to have you here. Thank you for having me. So great to have you. Um, you've got some great stories to talk about today. We've got some fun stuff and you're jet lagged like we are too. I am. I, I, I literally... Flew into LAX this morning at 6 a.m. Yeah. And where'd you come from? Uh, from uh, Patagonia to Buenos Aires, Buenos Aires to LA. Oh my God. Okay, so you're uh, feeling it. 15 hour, just from Buenos Aires. Yeah. It's please like tell Buenos me. Buenos Aires to Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo to LA. Please tell me you had business class or at least a seat that somewhat uh, I, reclined. I, 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 it, was, it was a bear market, so it was like an economy. So no, bear just, market flying. I get yeah, it. it's yeah. like yeah. Uh, eventually, eventually, no, I, I didn't have any more super yetis to cash out. So. Yeah. Well, we have uh, Moonbirds Talons coming soon, which is going to be our, our, our rewards. There you go. Well, you can transfer them to any airline you like. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're not, that's not going to happen. Not but thing. it might. Not a you thing. might be. Might be transferable like that. Thing. Could be. I don't know. Sorry, I always get in trouble. Amanda is the one that keeps everything on the rails at the company. Yeah. Seriously, you need a you need a little panel where you just hit a button. It's like not a financial advice. Just we used to have one of those. We used to have a really cool little box. A button and, that said not financial. No, we, we had one that just said uh rug rug rug. Yeah, yes. Yeah, oh, oh, the yeah. mixing board. The mixing yeah, board. You had yeah. a lot of audio clips in there. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Um so let's do a quick recap of uh Japan. Justin, how did you enjoy your second time there? It was really great. Uh we had a ton of uh great experiences. Uh, we did Tokyo and Kyoto while we were out there. Uh, spent some time with the Sakazuki group out there, which was really great. Had an amazing event out there with them. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, it was a, a ton of um, collectors came out. It's great to see some of the Moonbirds family out there. Uh, you know, there were the hundreds of people well. at the event and the collective as well. Yep. Um, it, Japan for us as a market, when we think about where we want to be and spend time, 
Um, talk about just a one amazing culture uh, that's like love for artisan things. Yep. And um, we also share that. Uh, deep appreciation for art and our style of art in particular. A lot of good comments around yep. Mythics and that new collection. Um, and just relatively new to the NFT game. Like it's just, that is just getting booted up there. So it's, it's pretty exciting. We've got some fun plans there, which is going to be really, really cool. We were talking about Japan. You make it out there every once in a while, yeah. right? Yeah, just uh, moments. The last event was uh, Japan. Yeah, how was yeah, that? I mean, it was it was amazing. I mean, um, so Bright Moments Japan happened in Shibuya, and the fortunate thing for uh, Bright Moments is, you know, it was just a spectacular venue with the help of uh, a lot of the locals, uh, Joe Ito, Karate Kid, James Higa. Yeah, it was it was. It was, uh, I, I frankly didn't think that they would be able to top it, uh, top Tokyo because it was so spectacular, but yeah, Patagonia was just different. Yeah, yeah, it's a, I, I can't wait to hear about the Patagonia trip. We'll get into that. Um, one thing I will say though, uh, while we're on the topic of Japan is that um, we spent a lot of time, Colin came out there with us as well. Mm -hmm. And he's our, our kind of head illustrator for the Mythics collection. And the Moonbird Studios. And, and, yeah, and he's running kind of Moonbird Studios. Um, there are a lot of animation houses out there. A mm -hmm. um, yes. lot of really interesting things that we're kind of, you know, looking around. Looking around, paying a lot of attention to the collectible scene out there, what's going on out there. Exactly. Um, so expect more for us in this coming year around that type of stuff. So... Yeah, I think one of the things that we've been uh, talking a lot about is, you know, ultimately, like when you think about art, when you think about the things that you're passionate about, um, collection, uh, all of those things, like there are both digital and physical manifestations of a lot of that. Um, and so we have been really interested in exploring sort of the, those lines and what that looks like to be able to extend, uh, you know, digital and the physical in some ways, but also like when we think about Moonbirds, like, like, you know, and I know Moonbirds right now are seeing a lot of exhibitions coming out for the collective side of the house, uh, but just know we are thinking a lot about what that extension looks like uh, to be able to bring that over to that community. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, you know, for us, obviously we're not gonna go keep dropping massive collections of NFTs. We've got two primary collections that, you know, if you know, if you think of Proof Collective as a different, more collective group, I'm talking about just straight, you know, kind of uh, artwork-based uh, PFP characters. We have two amazing collections to pull from to go do some new stuff coming next year. So very excited to, to, to yeah. kick off that, that studio. It was a good trip. And honestly, like the event with Sakazuki was yes. incredible. Um, being able to be there, to be in the midst of, of people that are really genuinely excited as well about what this technology brings um, and, and really how a community can show up around that was, was really incredible. Yeah, I mean, I met, uh, so Sakazuki's uh, uh, kind of founded and spun out of the Suntory Group, mm -hmm. which is a massive organization out there. Um, met the head distiller um, out for uh, Suntory, which was Fantastic! He poured me a little side whiskey, which was a lot of fun. I mean, you did miss the studio tour or, or the actual uh, distillery I did. tour. Yeah. I did. There was there was a, a two day. It was great. Small fever. It wasn't two day. We didn't sleep in the distillery. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I was down for the count for two days. Yeah. We went a little hard when we first got there. 
I got a little tiny bug, yeah. and then you got it later. So sorry for, I did. for giving yeah, that really to you. I really moved around. But that was fun. It was great. All right, so let's move on. So that was um, a great trip. More on that in the coming months. But the pump. Amanda, what has been going on since we've been gone? Like, are we back? We're back. I feel like uh, you guys should go on uh, business trips more often because you guys left. Bump. All of a sudden, just don't be present. All That's of us. No, everyone misses you. By the way, we're happy you're back. We're so happy you're back. And I heard, by the way, that Sakazuki, we have this little partnership. This means at our our future events, we have a little taste of. The Centauri Hidden, Gem, Hidden Gems collection, right? Yeah. Excited about that. Yeah, this is really cool. It's worth mentioning. Thank you for saying that. Because yeah. they're, what they've done, I'll only spend a few seconds here, and we can talk about the, the crazy pump and what's going on. But um, what they've done is they've said, okay, Centauri has some of the, what they call their hidden gems, which are these spirits that are their they're side projects. They're the ones that like, they don't know if they'll ever make it to market. And they've been doing this for decades. Or, or honestly, it doesn't have product market fit. It's too expensive yeah. to produce too expensive for a mass market. Exactly, yeah. too expensive to produce, or it might not fit the palette of the Japanese market. And they don't want to just, you know, produce it just for in small yeah. batches for the American market. They have some amazing things that they realized were just sitting there aging. And they are going to be bringing these in. I, I don't want to ruin it for them, but they're doing some NFT stuff and they're doing some limited spirits and know that when you come to some of our events, there'll be a way to taste some of these spirits that you will find nowhere else on earth except via Sakazuki. So it's almost like the technology of bookmarking valuable objects and being able to call those things is a really wonderful thing. Right. And it can be used in some really compelling ways. It's gonna be cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. But anyway, we are back. We yeah. are back. Eth we're back. What's happened? Let's just do a little recap. So Obviously yeah, while you were gone, uh, ETH got over 2K. I saw that. We're back. We're so back. Uh, There's some rumors about uh, an ETF, an ETH ETF actually. BlackRock. Black, BlackRock, yes. And maybe, I think maybe Kathy and ARK and I don't know, maybe. Uh, but uh, all of that, and, and then the Simpsons episode. Did you guys catch that yet? I missed it. I saw I saw a clip. But You'll I, have I to. Go watch I saw it. a lot of pictures. A lot of pictures. Lot of pictures. Uh, Goose references. Uh, Doodles references. So many amazing references. It was amazing. Like it was. It felt really, really good to just be there on a Sunday night, knowing that this was happening, um, and that kind of kicked things off. And then ETH again pumped to two K, um, and then. Just like, you know, just the perfect little icing on the cake. Gordon Goner comes out of uh, retirement, <laughs> of uh, hiding, I don't know, uh, and crushes it with some incredible buys. I think he started off with a, uh, a zombie punk. Huge. Because you got to go. You got to go oh, with the yeah. punk first. And, uh, and then just kept going and just kept going. And I think it was uh, as somebody who pays attention to, you know, NFT culture. It was a cultural moment. Uh, well done, Gordon, right? Uh, and one of the, the best things I think that he did was also tap into the art market. And I felt like that was probably the most yeah. bullish thing for what we're trying to do here is knowing that you have a bunch of money. You're going to go maybe first with PFPs and then eventually it all makes sense for you to go for these high net worth uh, art pieces. So he got a squiggle, a pipe squiggle, a gorgeous one, and he got a beautiful, beautiful what yellow background Fidenza. Outrageous, yeah, beautiful. just oh, yeah. gorgeous. Spent he's he he said he was spending too much money on it, but he wanted it and he was gonna do it. 
So props to Gordon for, for kind of showing us exactly what it is that we're trying to kind of like really uh, rally around with yeah. our community and what we're doing and our mission is that it all comes back to art. It all comes back to uh, supporting these artists and uh, there's nothing bigger of a flex than that. So that was amazing. Uh, trading volume went crazy. If you guys haven't catched the digital art market report that we sent out this morning with Sam and Brian Brinkman, they, they go over you know a really good amount of like exactly what happened this week. But I think we were all here. We all saw all the projects are kind of crushing it. Everything is up. We're back. I think we're back. What do you guys think? You guys have been gone. What do you guys think? I'm I'm optimistic, it but it's, I'm still a little cautious. Yeah, you know, because I'm sitting there and I like the signals. It feels good, but I'd love to hear from a, a big collector. What, what what are your thoughts on on this? Oh, I'm I'm kind of with you. I mean, it, it was good to see. I mean, I was in Argentina when I saw all this happen and just kind of watching it on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's good. You know, it's it, I'm kind of cautiously optimistic. See. See if we maintain over two K on ETH and where the volumes are good, but I don't know if they're sustainable. Yeah, are you are you buying anything right now? Um, I bought a few things from the drops of Bright Moments, mm -hmm. so I bought some of the artists there. Um, I've bought a few things here and there. Um, I tend to buy stuff through uh, like non-doxed wallets, so um, yeah, but. Mostly, mostly art. I haven't really bought a lot of PFP projects. I've, bought, I've been buying a lot of art. Yeah. So, Tony, do you? I don't know if we have the time to really kind of explain how you got here. Um, but if anyone doesn't know about Tony, do you want to give us like a quick yeah, little rundown of that. like how you are here, how you can uh, take sure. economy all the way to <laughs> to uh, to Buenos Aires? Tell us a little bit about that. So um, I got here through a, a really kind of. Uh, weird way and, and I most of my work so I'm, I'm Mexican by birth born in, in Mexico in Baja California and a little bit south of the border um, came here at seven years old and just kind of had that immigrant experience grew up in, here in, in LA um, and then um, I, I've sort of always been in the immigrant space I, I went I went to the Marine Corps went, got out right out of high school went to Marine Corps because I didn't really know what I wanted to do in terms of, I didn't want to go to college, so I went into Marine Corps, came back out, and then I did start going to college. And when I was going to college, I started working in, in a field, mostly working with um, with immigrants. Uh, speak Spanish, you know, just kind of back in the day when you could still find jobs on LA Times uh, classifieds. Um, so I ended up in a job that was basically helping um, individuals who had been injured at work find new find new careers, find get vocational training, find new careers. And through that, I um, I had one time. A, a client who had received a large sum of money and was trying to find a way of taking it back to Mexico without having to carry physical loads of cash. Mm -hmm. And so in that process, um, I said to him, I said, you know what, I think there's, 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 there might be a way for you to do it. And there's this thing called Bitcoin, mm -hmm. you know, and I had already read about Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And um, so then I, I kind of explored it and in exploring it for this particular client, or because one of the premises of Bitcoin was actually one of the early premises that's long forgotten was that it was a solution for remittances. If you if you look back on, on one of the premises of Bitcoin was you know borderless permissionless money, and it was it was always touted as a, a potential disruptor to uh, remittances. Mm -hmm. um, so in that process, I I, I 
I, I try to help this gentleman. In the end, it didn't work because obviously you, you can send Bitcoin, but part of the problem is converting it to local currency. So it didn't work, but then that happened to lead me down the rabbit hole of cryptocurrency. Discovered Ethereum later on. Bought, bought it, initially bought Bitcoin, and then later on bought um, Ethereum and, and, and really went heavy into Ethereum in 2017, 2018 because of the ICOs. Because mm -hmm. I wanted to participate in ICOs. And so I, I participated in a number of ICOs. And then um, through that, you know, there's like, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, what, what led you to NFTs? And what led me to NFTs was just that back then, if you think about it, there wasn't a lot of uses. What, once we had the speculative bubble of ICOs, you sort of like had whatever ETH you had left over, you're like trying to figure out what to do with it, right? And then uh, this was before DeFi. And so then I somehow discovered um, Rarible and Maker's Place and started buying just small pieces of art. Not, you know, not spending a lot of money. But um, in that process of trying to read as much as possible about, about, um, about Ethereum, I, I, by then I had become this Ethereum maxi, like I had become like this, all smart contracts are going to be, you know, um, change society and everything else. And so by then I was trying to read it as much as possible. And one of the articles that I had read, um, somewhere I was, must have been Reddit or Mashable, I stumbled upon the punks. And so I, I, um, I was also trying to evangelize um, with the community, with the, with the immigrant community, um, borderless money. And so I was onboarding people. I, was, I, was, um, I discovered these things. I don't know if you guys remember EtherCards. Yeah. So EtherCards, so yeah. I, I literally would onboard somebody with a card. I'd say, hey, Justin, here's a, here's a card. I'd send you, you know, $20, $20 worth of ETH or whatever. And then, um, so they did that. And I would just, you know, evangelizing ETH, Anyways, long story short is that um, I stumbled upon CryptoPunks. I, I had downloaded the Mist wallet at the time, which is the Ethereum Foundation wallet, which is now a deprecated wallet, and somehow um, figured out a way to claim CryptoPunks. <laughs> so in the summer of June of 2017, I ended up sitting at my desk. You know, How I, many did you claim? I ended up claiming in... I ended up claiming 104. Wow. Yeah. I claimed 10. You claimed 10. <laughs> That's yeah. right, because Sean helped you recover the yeah. once. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I Everyone, no one believed I claimed them. And yeah. I was like, I don't know how to prove it. It's an old wallet. Like, can you look at this? Yeah. And they're like, oh, shit, you did claim them. And you have some V1s yeah. there. Yeah. And then I got the V1s out. And yeah. then everyone finally and, and How many do you have left? I have one left. One punk? Oh, no, I've, I've, I think I have a couple of V1s left. Yeah. But I, I have... One main crypto punk. You graciously gifted a one to uh, to Sean for helping mm -hmm. you out. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have found him otherwise. Right? He was yeah. very, very. No, nice. Sean's amazing. I love Sean. Very nice guy. Tony, Sean how Bonner. many how many more do you have left? Me of the punks? Oh, I I have probably have about ten percent of what I claimed in different wallets. I I wrapped some of them. I've actually I've actually been using them recently to get loans on different platforms. Amazing! So, Amazing! So yeah, so. Well, Tony, I mean, I think you are just this. We're seeing even in the comments on YouTube, Lucas, who met you in uh, Buenos Aires, yeah, uh, Lec. We love, we love Lucas. We've met him a bunch of times. He's amazing. And he says you're an amazing person. I think you are such a staple in this community. I think, uh, you know, if both Kevin and, uh, and Tony are saying they're a little cautious, I think it means we're, we should be a little cautious, right? I think <laughs> in terms of our, are we so back, right? Like, uh, I love hearing your story. Everyone loves hearing your story here in the comments. We see adventuring in the, in the audience. We see 
Dort in the audience, uh, a lot of people just giving you your flowers. So I love that. Thank you. Um, that. And I think, you know, just to kind of bring it back to, are we back? It makes sense to listen to these, some of these old heads who well, kind of know the ups I, and downs. I mean, I think one of the things that I like that what Tony said is, is you hear that whole path of, and I took a very similar path and, and went through all the ICOs and did all the, those things. And there was um, some that worked out insanely well, and there was a lot that I lost money on. Yeah. And so one of the things that has been crushing to me personally is seeing people in NFTs spend too much money or money that they can't afford to lose mm -hmm. and over indexing and getting a little ahead of themselves on, on what they're doing. And so, you know, I, I, the, the reason I say be cautious is just that I like playing at the edges is where all the risk is of technology. It's also where all the reward is, which is awesome, but it's also where you have to take a more kind of diversified uh, uh, play where you don't go all in on any one thing because it, it is literally the most risky asset class at, at the edges, right? And so I, I just like, I always try this new version of Kevin is like, how can we get people just to like slowly step into uh, something rather than just push all the chips in and say, I'm all in, you know? It's, it's been it's been it's hard boring. to watch over the last it's few boring, months. Boring, Kevin. Maybe I, all I, in. also maybe just acquire the things you like. Maybe, maybe that's maybe exactly right. Look, look at the art that you're actually passionate about, which, for example, is is uh, is, is something we're going to be pulling up real soon. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about this this uh, this drop here. Um, I was not around. Was this drop happen? No, this happened just recently. Yeah. Yeah, it was just yesterday. <laughs> Two days ago, maybe. Two days yeah. ago, at the most. I was just just landing in L.A. Um, yeah. So Amanda, fill us in here. What, what's this? Is the latest curated from from Art Blocks? Yeah, I knew this one was going to be a cook. To be honest, um, I met. Sorry, I'm. Uh, can you see my beer on the screen? It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I met Anthony at in Marfa. He was walking around with a uh, an iPad and allowed you to kind of play around with these outputs. When I saw what it took to create these outputs, how much um, like code and everything that kind of went to went through it in order to make it seem so simple and so effortless, I knew this was going to be something to watch. Um, there's something really beautiful about this collection that it is so varied, but seems to be quite like. Uh, what's the word other than varied what's the opposite of that whatever but uh it seems to have like a real consistency through it even if there are very kind of some like different traits that make it look different right you can see some of them look um a little bit more warped some of them yeah. are cleaner um there's this one trait that's like uh that has like all of the different outlines and it's super super clean it looks like something like that someone drew it's beautiful and what's been really cool, I've been watching uh, and listening on Block Talk and seeing everyone's sort of reaction to it, is that there are people who really find like this, uh, they find one trait or one type that they are really, really in love with. And other people are like, eh, that's not for me. But this one is amazing. So it feels like mm -hmm. there's something for everyone. Yeah. And that's what I'm seeing in, uh, in everyone, right? Like, um, and the most amazing thing about this, and I think this is something that you always pay attention to is that it seemed like a lot of the artists were really into this. Mm -hmm. You know, William Mapan, I think had the, the highest sale at 7.7. 7. 7. Yeah, 7, 7. It was, it, I mean, it, you saw so many artists kind of come in. 
you saw Harvey buy, you saw a couple other sort of big names come in and actually buy on secondary. And, uh, and I, that's just a really, really great sign. So this felt like a, a curated that was really, really well, um, really well received by the community. You yeah. know what's funny, Amanda, is you and I always talk about art and you, you pass them back and forth. And sometimes it, it, what you said made me think about our difference. You're like, I saw the code and I just knew this was going to hit. And I'm the opposite. I'm yes. just like, I don't care about the code. No, he doesn't. I don't care about the process. <laughs> like I've worked in art for a long time. I, like my, my painstaking pieces that have taken me months to figure out the right Photoshop effect or the right illustrator piece like doesn't hit and I'm just like, ah, the technicals don't land. But I think the really cool thing that you and I both hit on on this one was like, from an aesthetic standpoint of this, I was super passionate about it. Yeah. And then you saw that side of it and you were super passionate about it. Yeah. And so it was like a convergence of the planes here yeah. where it was like, oh, uh, I love it because it's super geometric, which is like my world. I love geometry, but then it's like the coolest thing you can do with rules and rigidity in the universe that you're building is like find those moments to fuck them up. Yeah. And so like, I love the idea, like the one we're seeing, uh, I think I might be covering pieces of it where it's like hard geometry, hard lines, 45 degrees, great color palettes. And then all of a sudden yeah. you hit this like whirlpool where it's like, fuck your 45 degrees. Let's get a little <laughs> wild and let's get a little crazy. And for somebody who works in this kind of world in this universe to do that in illustrator, to do that with my tools and manipulate that stuff. That is an area that code can do really, really beautiful, profound things with. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I, I, I will say that, uh, to, not to call you out, Justin, but to secretly not call you out. Wow. Is, I love is, where this is going. <laughs> no, so, sometimes, sometimes he will be in the office and we'll be looking at art. And, and, and Justin obviously is like a legit artist. I'm not. Yeah, but he has no, terrible no, taste. I, I hold on. Like he has else. terrible taste. The funny thing is, there'll be like, a, like a, a really household name artist. Sometimes you'll be like, oh, that's, that's fucking horrible art. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. No, no, no. Hold on. Which a I love, I no, I love art. that you're I say, opinionated. That is not for me. That is, that, that art is not for me. <laughs> that is very different. I can recognize something is not for me. For example, a Michael Bay film could be honestly a like technically great film. Transformers is probably technically great to balance these things. I just know something is not for me, but that does not make it degrade in the quality of art for other people or yeah. for what they're looking for. That's the difference right there. Do you look at the skill level though? Because I remember the, there was one artist where you're like, oh, that skill. No, skill no, 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 no. But, but it's skill levels never the question. It's not about how long, do, for example, like how hard the code was to write, how hard it was to master the software. All of those pieces of the puzzle to me are just, they're just variables. That's all they are. To me, a, a constant is how do I feel about it? At the end product, did it capture me in the way that I was looking for? Like I remember, you know, films can come out that are single shot films. And like at the end of the day, yeah, maybe it was shot in one continuous shot, but if it does not land on me yeah. in a way that I'm compelled or I'm impacted by, I don't really care that it was a single camera film. And it doesn't mean you can't respect those things right. and say, listen, I get why the art form matters, but I just think like, to me, like the only thing I'll correct you on is my goal is never to say, I, this is bad art. Art can be incredible and I'll never connect with it. But it, it, it just matters to me that it's like, it's something that I resonate with. It's something that I see and I say, I want that, which is why I say whether the bull, bear, whatever it is, 
acquiring the art that you resonate with that you say, I see something yes. in that regardless. And sometimes story helps sometimes knowing what it took to create it can change that entire narrative oh, and it totally changes how you consume that. Artwork. Oh dude, half the time we watch, I watch a grails when, I'm, when we finish right. our videos, I'm like, I need to go buy that yeah. right now. I hadn't seen the final output and Mal will show it to That's me and right. I'll be like, that speaks to me now. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think that that is really what matters to me is like, some art is going to grip me right off the bat and I'm gonna immediately find resonance. Some art I'm not really gonna get and then I'm gonna hear the story and I'm like, that's incredible. Yeah. Some art I'm not gonna get and then I'm gonna hear the story and I'm gonna be like, that's cool, I love that, but it's not for me. Yeah. And I can recognize that and I'm, I still want to acquire the art specifically that I'm not speculating on, but that I say regardless of where this goes, putting this on my wall, having it on my computer, having some other form of physical manifestation of it and being a part of that, that's good for me. Yeah. And that's that's the art that I love. Curious, yeah. Tony, on when you, you go to collect art, it, how much of it is data-driven versus love for the art? Is there a mixture of both? Like when I first looked at this collection just now, I'm like, okay, it's I, I like the art. And then I was immediately drawn to the volume, how many are listed, you know, like just what's the unique ownership count? Like, does that play a role in when you decide to actually pull the trigger on something? Or are you just like, this looks amazing, I'm gonna buy it? So mostly I buy art that I like. So I buy stuff that aesthetically I like. I do have like, I'll seek the opinion of friends that are much more knowledgeable in art than I am. They'll say, hey, you know, this piece, like for instance, uh, Deaf Beef, which we'll get into, he was uh, uh, somebody that was suggested to me by somebody that I value their opinion. And so I started collecting Deaf Beef. Right? Yeah. Um, and I, honestly, when I looked at them, I'm like, wait, tell me why this is really. And, you know, she explained it to me. And yeah, and then after a while, I, I got it. So oftentimes for me, I'll collect pieces that may not initially resonate with me. But then over time, it just is a, there's there's a lot of pieces that I've collected over time that, that are now, you know, and it's also like, well, who's the artist and what's the history behind them, right? Like, you know, these these are, I, I, I know that there were some people sitting, trying to get a signal to mint these when we were in, in, uh, in, in, in uh, Buenos Aires. And, and you could clearly see that, that there was some very good collectors who were collecting them, so. It's, I'm not surprised that it's having the success that it's having. Yeah, we got We got to get into that story, but I know we, we were going to hop into some audience questions first. Yeah, uh, I'm in the I'm in the chat right now. I see Raven. Hi, Raven. We love you, CJ. He, oh, uh, CJ. he mentioned uh, he mentioned the wall test, which is uh, I think a really really good uh, oh, metric. Test. Very good metric, I think, to uh, determine whether or not a piece of art I think is going to do well. Um, and it's the wall test. Can it be yeah. printed on a wall? Will it look good on uh, on a wall? In that was Fidenzas for me. When Fidenzas yeah. were minting, yep. I, I looked at them and I was like, this is something I could put on, put yep. on my wall. Mm -hmm. It was the first art blocks drop where I felt it looked like native art. Like you could probably print it and not know whether it was actually generative or not. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I mean, to get... You'll have to pry that all blacked out Fidenza out of my cold dead hands, or or ten million dollars. Either either one will do have it. You minted, have you printed the uh, Fidenza? Do you have the, yeah. the sign? I have the sign. Uh, okay. Black print. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting it mounted right now. It's actually at the framing store, and I'm gonna hang it. It's massive. So and so. So I, I had this morbid question for Tyler Hobbs. 
You had a question for? I, I, so actually, this, this is a question that started with Snuffro and Pixel P. And we were having dinner in, in New York, and, and I asked a morbid question. And the morbid question is, what's more valuable, a token of a Fidenza with an unminted, unprinted Fidenza, or a token with a printed Fidenza signed by Tyler Hobbs? Mm. So is he still doing prints for uh, Fidenzas? Or I think I he's think still, he's... well, I, I actually took a look just today, and most of his Fidenzas have unclaimed prints. Oh, so you can mm. check. I didn't yeah, know there was a tool. Yeah, if you go to if you go to his website, he, he has uh, an. It's actually updated to his credit. He up, actually updates it regularly, and I and I noticed the vast majority of the Fidenzas have unclaimed. Oh, I would buy so one of those. It actually says that it says uh, either printed or un uh, or available, uh, or unavailable, available, and then there's one that's pending. Mm. Uh, but but I, I just checked today, and, and yeah, so the, the vast majority, like I have it ends up, but I haven't requested a print. The prints yeah. are beautiful. No, I, would I, probably I know they're like, beautiful, but I, I have my own theory as to why I haven't requested the print. But anyways, I would probably that's keep it un unprinted and just uh, for the for the value of it. What's your theory? What's your, is My theory is that um, it's a print. And so if you print it, it's great. You can print it. You can hang it on the wall. But then now you are adding an element of risk that that print could get damaged or destroyed. And therefore, you run the risk of decoupling it from the digital mm. token. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Or, or you just call Tyler and say, can you print me another one? He won't. He, only it's, only, it's only one. Yeah, it's he's one. Got to honor that. He's got to yeah, that. that's fair. That's that's actually. Uh, uh, we should ask Tyler. I, I don't think he would. I would. I don't think he would because I think it, explicitly he's requested or he's indicated that he's only going to mint it, print it once. And the interesting thing I asked him is, for how long? And he says as long as he's alive. Yeah. Yeah. So the morbid question is, well, what happens? I'll when ask Tyler him. Dies? I'll ask him. Just go to Costco. It's fine. But, but it's an interesting hour question point. around the idea of, of the consumption of that. Piece, exactly. Where it's like, if you have a great bottle of whiskey that is incredible, it was a gift, like, will you hold on to it forever knowing the value of it? Or do you pop that at some point right. and just be like, whiskey is made to be shared right. amongst friends. It's made to be had. Yeah. And I'm going to enjoy it. Just like I'm going to savor yeah. every last drop. Just like it. a supercar is made to, meant to be that's driven. That's right. Should you drive? <laughs> like, it's like, so I, I think that that's the interesting. So what you're doing with this, probably closer to what I would do, which is just like, I got it. I'm going to well, put it up. Also, it's just out. like there's no digital frames that would do it justice. And so yeah, for me right. right now, I'm like, I just want to see this yeah, thing beautiful on the wall. It. No, they're beautiful. I mean, yeah. I, I could totally see why you printed it. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to see Tyler in three weeks. He's going to be printing uh, a ginger well, piece on my a tattoo hit, on my hit, arm. Yeah. Hit him up and say, I, my Fidenza got destroyed. Can you give me, give me another print? <laughs> yeah, just, just, <laughs> just see, see, see what he says. Then I'll just email you the first one and we'll be good. Um, all right. Uh, let's talk about Patagonia. Tony, tell me this story. I got to hear. First of all, you got to back up, though, and tell us about the whole Death Beef piece. And how, how did this all come to be? Like, there's, there's a lot going on. So, so the Defi, so the specifically the Defi for Patagonia, Defi in Patagonia, and the IRL, the IRL um, hash marks is, is, is a credit to, to, to Bright Moments. You know. We good? His mic, his mic was a little pulled away, but he's good. Oh, mine? Okay. Yeah, we're good. Um, yeah, it's a credit to Bright Moments and uh, credit to them, to Seth and Christy. Yeah, and they Phil. do a great job. Yes, they do an amazing job. Um, but hash marks by Def Beef and Patagonia are um, 
iron-forged sculptures by DevBeef that are cryptographically linked on the blockchain, a digital token on the blockchain. That 100 tokens, 50 of which were delivered to the collectors in person in Patagonia, almost at the end of the earth by this big, massive rock. It was a very ceremonial, very, you know, I would even call it kind of a spiritual happening. Um, and it's, um, it's, a physical, it's a physical piece that you picked up. You were allowed to select the piece with the artist. And uh, 50 of those pieces were physically picked up by collectors. How did they choose who went first? Did you guys draw straws? So the auction, the, the, the auction there was an auction, and individuals who bid the highest, so uh, credit to Snowfro, Eric Calderon, uh, went first. And he got, he got to pick first. Um, he was also, um, he was a delegate for Redbeard uh, for, for many, and he picked up another one for Benny. And different, different collectors picked up different pieces. But yeah, you went, you went in terms of the, the 50 IRL pickups were basically, um, you, you, got, you had a number, you had an assigned number. But yeah, but the, the pieces, are, to me, we were just discussing the fact that, you know, um, a, a print of, of Tyler's can, can, be, can be damaged or, or mm -hmm. in this case, you're actually picking up a forged, a forged iron piece that has a key to reveal the digital token. So you start off by picking up the physical and then claiming the, the digital token. And so the, the key on the back, is that a private key for a wallet? It, it's, it's not a private key for a wallet. It's a key that allows you to reveal the token, to reveal the digital token. Where do you reveal it at? So there is an app that the artist has created that will allow you to claim the digital token. And it gets interesting because once you reveal the, the, the token, you then on a yearly basis for 10 years can refresh the token. And if you don't refresh it, the token essentially fades away. And so you kind of have to go in and polish it a little bit. Otherwise it's just going to disappear. Is it kind of rust? What does it look like? What does the digital version look like? I have one. You want to see it? I, that's the physical version, this but is the physical it, one. It, it, I brought it with me. It's right here. So cool. It, so, it came with his own little pouch or did you make that too? No, he, he uh, the artist made it himself. That's he, made, awesome. he made the pouch. So it's a really cool pouch. It's kind of unfair that Def Beef does both code, digital stuff, and oh, then all he's this like metalworking, I mean, like tanning. I've, I've started looking at his pieces and I've started looking at like, you know, I'm, I'm one of those individuals who has Discord but doesn't necessarily jump in. And I've been lately jumping into his Discord and just the amount of projects that he's done. It's, just, it's insane. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah. But, um, but this is, um, I'm gonna open this. And no, I'm no, try we, to, you, no, we don't wanna show you. Yeah, if we, we show your private show, so I'm key. I'm gonna my key. Yeah. But this. Camera's right over there. If you, this, is, this is the piece. So this is the piece right here. So that's the, my, my piece. All of them are so uniquely cool. different. So beautiful. And then um, on the back is the, the key. Is the key. So there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, a reveal key and the serial, the series of your, of your, of your token. So, so each token is, it starts with zero to 99. So hundred tokens. Mm. 
And earlier, Justin and I were discussing it, and I had a question for the artist, which I said, this is interesting because you just delivered 50 tokens. 50 of the other tokens are going with Bright Moments to be picked up by other collectors worldwide. And it dawned on me that some of those tokens were being transported on a plane. You know, planes have accidents and my question was, oh, what, what happens if those, you know, and so there's a chance of that, right? There's a chance of loss. There's a chance of the fact that a bunch of the collectors pick them up and that somehow some of those physical um, sculptures will, 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 will cease to exist. The other question becomes, of those collectors, how many will actually go through the process of revealing their token? And then more importantly, over time is how many of those collectors will actually remember reveal or refresh yeah and by not refreshing allow their tokens to basically go gray because they'll disappear and then after the 10 years is it locked in then so after the 10 years it's locked in so you'd have essentially a physical token that's coupled with with, with the digital token and I, I don't know if i can say this I, hopefully the artist doesn't get upset at me but there is an incentive that comes afterwards from the artist in that there are, he's, he's, he's agreed that for any collector who still has the physical with the digital token that's been refreshed, there's like an incentive for you to do that. Mm. There's, there's something that comes at the end and, and I don't want to say what it is because I, the artist isn't here to, to validate that. So I'm not going to review it, but, but it was, it's an interesting mechanics if you will yeah to keep them together it's interesting mechanic for because we we're discussing earlier about about just a, a, a potential print dying right you know, season to exist in this case it's a forged sculpture yeah where even if your house burned down you still have the token yeah and the reveal laser etched reveal would still be on it crazy yeah i'll have to i have a beeple sculpture one of those rotating ones called heaven and hell. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll have to ask him if he would make me another one, if it burnt, like if that, if that got destroyed in some way, cause I have the NFT. I just don't know if that, if you only get one or would he, would he make it, you another one? Or I don't know how that works. I don't know. I mean, as an artist, if I was an artist, I don't know that I'd be open to just creating a new one for you. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, cause it's almost like, as an artist, it's like, okay, well, I guess, I don't know, I, I, I don't know. To, to me, it just seems like, well, it's like you already created it once. It's like, it's like, I don't know, it's like, I don't want to cause any controversy, but it's almost like the, the V1, V2, right. V2 of CryptoPunks, right? It's like, you already had the version one of the, of the sculpture. Why are you asking people to create you a version two of that, of that, of that sculpture? Yeah. I would like actually love to talk about that V1, V2 uh, drama oh, no. in, in a bit, but I will say that uh, Raven, shout out to Raven, he, uh, he got the, the quote from the website. It's on the website that the gold version is going to be available oh, it is. Um, okay. from, from awesome. Deaf Beef. So in 10 years, uh, you can, uh, it says, uh, if I'm still alive, the owner of the physical <laughs> object becomes eligible to have a similar forged object from Amazing. pure gold. That's 
really incredible. And I mean, I, I actually think that there was a gold grail. There are a couple gold grails from our uh, grail season three um, that Deaf Beef did. Mm -hmm. um, some of them are silver and, and other uh, sort of materials. And, and a couple of them are gold. We did uh, a raffle for physicals and a couple of people won gold ones. Or at least one person That's did, so crazy. which is amazing. Like it's it's so incredible. Um, People are need to stop sleeping on our grails. Like yeah, those things grails should be ten x the price. Like we some know. of them are. It's fun. Uh -oh. I need no. I need um, to go in there and get in there. Bull market speculation. Yeah, I'm not. I'm <laughs> yeah. not trying to speculate. I'm, I, 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 not financial I, advice. I just it's not financial advice. But I will say that there is a couple of grails that I'm eyeing, and I'm like, I need to go pick up. Yeah, I, I missed them. I yeah. missed them. I need a wall, by the way. I always do. But, but we're in an interesting space, though, where it's like, you know, there's there's this digital version and there's a physical version. And so there is that question of, like, what happens if something happens to the physical? And in the recreation process, like, it's like, should it look different? Should it, should it somehow note its difference? And just like anything in life, maybe we should seek the counsel of Taylor Swift and look at no. the fact that she what? has Scooter Braun versions Who? and Taylor versions of her albums. She's a visionary. <laughs> she's done it ahead of time. And they are uniquely different, but they are similar. And they are uh, uh, really iterations of that same piece in some way or another. My vote would be as an artist that if you're going to recreate something, you can maybe in theory recreate it, but make sure it's not the same thing. Yeah. Just like Taylor did for Taylor's versions, which are great and now streaming on Spotify, not one of our partners. <laughs> Amazing. Are you a fan? You're a fan. I do love Taylor Swift. We know I that. Do. Yeah. I do. He's clearly a Swifty. Yeah. Seriously. That's hilarious. That's um, hilarious. So uh, back to that journey though, from Taylor. <laughs> this is the last time I'm doing 100 proof, okay? <laughs> no, it's, it's good to have you here, man. I'm glad you're yeah. doing this. Please um, keep referencing Taylor Swift. It's so, for our normie audience. It works. It's fine. So, so uh, did Deppy say what's coming next for, for him as an artist? Has he talked about any future future drops or? No, I, I, we, I don't think we even bothered to ask, but I'm sure he has. I mean, he's a, he's a prolific artist. I'm sure he's got something yeah. up his sleeve. You know, one of his other pieces is, is very similar. Uh, not, not exactly, but well, it is similar in that slightly different mechanic that if you send it from wallet to wallet, it degrades in quality every time it hits a new wallet address. Yeah which I thought was just such a really fun thing to do. Yeah. And this was like a couple of years ago when that came out now, or at least a year and a half ago or something like that. He's just such an innovator in, 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 in so many different ways. Yeah. I, I, the more I, the more I look at his work, the more I'm enthralled with his work because it's like, here's, I mean, I mean, he's not only his work, but he's, he's, done, I mean, he famously helped, you know, Lava Labs with getting the punks on chain. And it's like, you know, it's just a, there's, there's, yeah, he's, he's become, he's become one of my favorite artists. That's I think, awesome. I think it all kind of lends itself to talking about the, the beauty of IRL, right? Um, this last week we had Ape Fest. You guys were just in Tokyo. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you are fresh off the plane, Tony from, from Argentina. We have Chantal in the audience who just came back from, from, uh, Hong Kong. And I think there's something really kind of beautiful about, you know, the process of going IRL, 
that little friction of getting on a plane and going to meet people mm -hmm. and how much more that uh, experience really just sort of cements in your brain, in your memories, in your heart, and how much more of a connection you have to either the artist or the community that you were just in. I think there's something really, really beautiful about that. And so, Tony, you were saying, like, you didn't really know that much about, about Deaf Beef, but you went on this whole journey and you went on this trek, and now you have this thing that I think you're going to keep forever, right? Um, and you're going to have this amazing connection with Deaf Beef. And I think that there is something to be said about uh, while we are a fully digital sort of community and in space, there is something to be said about what happens when you kind of unlock a little bit of that IRL. I think personally, I'm not a big Prince fan. I'm here, I'm a digital like maxi, but I do think that there is something to be said about when you finally print something, now you feel this connection to it. Now you feel like, oh man, I can't sell it because it's on my wall. I love it. I see it every day or whatever, right? So I do think that ultimately we're going to get into this nice little balance of uh, digital and physical and uh, what that does to um, uh, improve, alleviate, I don't know, like make <laughs> yeah, yeah, you said, you, I, I hate prints. I hate prints. You also said Deaf Beef was into tanning. I thought you meant like tanning yeah, beds. He looks great. He <laughs> looks great. Yeah. You said, and then I was like, oh, tanning weather. Yeah. And like, it took me a second there. This is some echo no, the, going on the here. The it's hard to hear. portion is super interesting, Amanda, because I, I know you and I have talked about this a lot because you, you work with the community side of the house. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, when I was when I was more just exclusively in the design space, um, I did a lot of kind of like live events, conferences, and like some non-conference versions of it. But it was like getting people together, the exchange of ideas, um, really finding kind of that common ground, and really uh, like trying to optimize for the fact that it's like we are all so different, and what brought us here, and how we showed up is probably very dramatically, like, like like even your story of how you found your way to crypto was so markedly different than how I found my way over here. And I think it's, it's such a beautiful thing to share these stories, to feel human in a space that maybe sometimes doesn't always feel that way. And to lose sight of that, I think would be a, a real shame. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's interesting because I, while I was in Argentina, I, I, you know, I always do this whenever I travel, I talk to the locals, and I discovered something really interesting about crypto and Argentina. Um, I went into a, an ex to exchange money, and I found out that the exchange houses accept US, a transfer of USD tether and will exchange the USD tether for you for Argentina pesos. Yeah. Wow. wow. I was like, Whoa. Will they take Bitcoin as well and ETH or just, they, just I think tether? they take just about any cryptocurrency, but huh. you know, obviously mostly they, they'll take your stable coins. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's incredible. So they'll take, they'll take USD tether. So, so it brought me full circle at the fact that what brought me in was the fact that somebody could receive remittances converted to local currency. And here we are 
X number of years later, and they're actually doing it in Argentina, which Argentina is like an amazing place, but it's also like suffered this huge crisis in, in terms of currency, right? Um, just, just for a little history, Argentina was pegged at the dollar in 2001. In 2001, they lost a peg that one Argentina peso, one dollar. You go to Argentina today, and the peso trades anywhere between 870 to 1,000 pesos, meaning, I mean, the amount of inflation, I think Argentina has like the fifth largest inflation. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's staggering, but yeah, it's, it's a beautiful country, and, 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 and it shows you the, the promise of cryptocurrency and the promise of tokenization. This whole event with uh, Patagonia, you needed to have a token for either Bright Moments or for uh, Deaf Beef, either to go to Buenos Aires or to go to Patagonia. Mm. And, you know, to me, I think we're barely scratching the surface of tokenization. I mean, Zakasuki NFT, which you started off earlier, it's a token. It's a token that allows you to, a, a, a limited batch of spirits, you know, because I've spoken to, to Charlie and, and, and Terry and the team about it. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a magnificent project because it'll highlight a lot of what Japan and craftsmen do well, which is they, they do some badass craftsmanship. And a lot of the one they want to do with the Sakazu NFT is around tokenization of not only the spirits, but tokenization of some of the items that come around with spirits, right? Some of the, some of the great craftsmanship of ceramics and 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 they and had some at the event and 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 wood and, and, it's like, and yeah, food and yeah, yeah. food it's, and 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 what Charlie and, and and Terry to the credit they're 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 wanting to tokenize that experience and we talked about experiences right a lot of it is experiences a lot of this I mean bright moments was built on IRL experiences in the middle of the pandemic Phil and Seth and everybody had this crazy idea of what if you could basically encourage people to come in. And, and mint a free crypto citizen, you know? Yeah. They, they're coming in. People were literally, they literally would, would, would go on the sidewalk and talk to people and try to get them to mint a crypto citizen. That's mm -hmm. how, that's how uh, that Bright Moments got started, you know? And yeah, and look who we are. I mean, they're doing amazing tokenized IRL experiential experiences that are just, they're, they're, I, I can't wait to see what they do in, in Paris, you know? I can't wait to see what they do in Paris. And then Venice. So yeah. February is Paris, April is Venice. Um, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. I. I, I fully. Ex the only way they can top themselves is probably for them to do something by taking over the Eiffel Tower and doing some sort of <laughs> laser laser show, and hopefully yeah. it doesn't burn the eyes of apes when they go there. A few apes decide to go. <laughs> too soon. Too I'm, soon. I'm pretty Honestly, sure. I, I think that's the whole point of like why. It's impossible to not see the future of what we're doing as, as going to be a part of that narrative. Yeah. Like, like the very fact that like summer is, is here and, and like, I know your work and I love it and I'm committed to it. And you're like this incredible storyteller that uses the medium of photography and, 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 and photo manipulation. And I know other like typographic designers that I've loved that have gotten into it. I know illustrators, I know animators, I know filmmakers that are all thinking about this in my background coming from design and illustration is like, oh, I know people in tech. I know people that are good with type and they know how to lay out UI, UX. And I know some illustrators that are good with, you know, Illustrator. But this space and what it can build, like the, the technology that's here is undergirding all of it. It's an architectural 
piece of it. And it's going to continue to be important, whether we're in a bull or a bear market. And I really do believe that the future of all of this is bringing creators together to build incredible things, bringing collectors together to be able to be a part of this community, the narrative of what's being built here. Like we're never going to stop producing art, which is really an abstraction and or some sort of pull out of our human experience. And I think it's one of the most powerful things we do as people. Um, and I remain continually bullish on the human species and what we're capable of. And I think that like tokenization is one aspect that we can utilize for it, but I think it's going to continue. That's it. Every time he talks, the full price of the entire space it's just not, goes up. Are we I so bad? He was talking, uh, ETH went up. It, yeah, exactly. Not, so when you just said, you <laughs> and, said and, and, and honestly, shouldn't no, because it's, it's like really... you shouldn't listen to anyone. I'm, yes. I'm a talking head. So yes, I want to Max bidding, question, Max bidding right now. Sorry. One, one question I have for you is: you said you said summer. I know your work. Which summer? Summer okay, Wagner. Yeah, the summer the. If I was to geek out on a, on a, on a particular artist, I didn't know artist, that. If I was to geek out on a particular artist, that's Summer this Wagner. Year, Holy in, shit! In, 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 in the year of Justin's art collection, it's Summer Wagner. Uh, he does love you, Summer. He I, I, won't I'm stop talking about of, you. It's uh, a lot. Uh, it's uh, too uh, much. A number of times you've He's, come up at the office. Also, Kevin like, won't stop talking about you. This is like a film. Yeah, he loves you. Had a piece right here, and I could I could, I could be a part of it. Why did no one tell yeah. me Summer Wagner yeah, was anyhow, here? So that was it. That's all I went. Yeah, that was a little flex on my part. Uh, I'll be welcome. Done yeah. You should be on stage with us. What yeah. On? Well, we're gonna highlight her. Up. She's part of our you know fall winter exhibition series. I'm very excited for Wagner. you. Yeah. I am. Justin literally today was like, "Can I please? Can I please design the the no, artifact? Can I, I, can I please design artifact? I'm really excited about it." Wagner's piece with her. Yeah. Work with her, and he's like. Yeah, and then I texted her immediately, and I was like, "I, I want to work on this. What, what are we doing?" Anyway, that's amazing. Hey, yeah. uh, Tony, I'm the last to know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we love that for you. You know, I know that yeah. was, that's amazing. Well, welcome, Tony. We got to get her on stage at some point. We not, do, not, we do, today, we will. We got to get you on stage, Tony. Um, uh, I have a question from the audience from Sam. Sure. Shout out to Sam. Shout out to like everyone who's spending their Friday night on uh, YouTube with us. Like that's amazing. Like thank you for that. Um, and uh, I have a question from Sam for you, Tony. What is your favorite punk trait? We can end it Ooh. off with that. My favorite punk trait. Jeez, I don't know if I have a favorite. I mean, there's a, there's a ton, right? Um, I mean, personally, you know, I have mine, which is the buck teeth and the, and the, and the that can't hair. be your favorite trait. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I mean, you know, people with buck teeth are sexy. No, it's like that's I right. That's right. I, I I don't know that there's just, there's just too many traits that. To have one, I think. Hmm. I don't know. I, I you, you caught me off guard there. No, I don't that's know that fine. I have one, a favorite one. I love a purple sunglasses. That's my favorite. That's purple what I've always sunglasses. said. And three okay. D, three D glasses are the best. Three D glasses are great. Yeah, yeah. I was collecting clown noses for a while. Yeah. Just because I thought they were so bad, they were good. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. That's smile. like what people did, right? Smile, smile, smile. Makes smile. Yeah, the smile. Is nah, really cool. Yeah, the nice little side yeah. smile. Oh yeah, my zombie yeah. had a little side smile. Yeah. I always nice. love that. Yeah. He seemed so honest. I just yeah. thought he was like a nice <laughs> zombie. Yeah. Uh, Derek, by the way, says hello. He is our sort of like mutual friend. Tony, you brought uh, Derek to LA, you know Derek? Oh, and yes. it, right after he met you in 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 uh, in Tokyo. Yeah, he's, he's amazing, right. Amazing you guys artist. met Derek. I Derek. I. I Ilan, yes. Derek, 
yeah, the yeah. amazing photographer was met you guys in Tokyo last yeah. time you were there. And yeah. then the next week was in Los Angeles. That's where I met him and he was staying with you, Tony. Um, yes. And he's here in the chat and he yeah. wants to say hi. Huge so for him hi, to come, Derek, for coming out to Tokyo you. this time. We had fun hanging out and with him. And you guys hung out with yeah. him in Tokyo again. So yeah. it's amazing. I, again, this place is so tiny, but so big. That is the best part about uh, Web3. And I just, I love being here. It's amazing. Awesome. Well, I think that is kind of the end of it. Should we, uh, any other things that you'd like to cover at all? Where can people find you and follow you on the, the social media? I'm on, I'm mostly on Twitter. So just uh, at Tony Herrera, you know, I'm, I, I, I keep my DMs open. So if anybody wants to reach out, I'm happy to, you know, to That's answer awesome. questions, but yeah. Well, congratulations on your deaf beef piece. And thank you. I know I'm feeling it right now, the jet lag still. And yeah, the fact no, that you did all of that traveling and are here right now means a ton. So no, thank I, you so I, much. I appreciate yeah. being here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank and, you so and much, Thank Danny. you, Amanda, for reaching out. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Very cool. Justin? I promise Derek will be back soon. You, you bastard. You didn't tell me Summer was here the entire time? I know. It was super cool. All right, everyone. Amanda, thank you so much. This has been fun. Yes, uh, it has. Happy Friday. It's fun to do these nighttime episodes. Yeah. And we'll do we'll do a, a bigger one next time. We'll have a little little music and a little, a little vibey uh, have situation. Have a, a proper mixologist here and yes. when we're not so jet lagged. But yes. uh, all right. Have a great weekend, everyone. And we will see you again soon. Uh, catch 100 Proof Live every Friday. We'll be back next week at 10 a.m. Pacific. Thanks, guys. See you soon.